But let's pray. Um, we, so today we're going to really uh, watch a, a counseling session. Uh, Caroline Neuheiser counseling this young lady uh, struggling with eating disorders. Uh, so as really, it, it's not normally what you would do in a first meeting. But I think, you know, because there's just a sequence here of, of things that she wants to cover, I think they compacted a lot in one meeting. So normally that's not how we roll for the first meeting with someone, but just so you keep that in mind. And, and let's really examine our hearts. You know, I, I think every time that I, I sat under counseling or I was counseling someone, I was always being ministered by the Word of God. And, and I think we, we should have that attitude, Lord, how can I learn here even in watching other, other people sin, struggle with sin or they're struggling with uh, suffering? How can I apply that to my own life? All right, let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your faithfulness in our lives and how you care for us, how you teach us, and how, how you put godly people in our midst. Lord, we are thankful for Karen Rothermel and the blessing of knowing her, of Pastor Steve Severance that is now in glory, Lord, and the many, many lives that he has impacted are singing the praises of the Lord because of his life. Pray, Father, that you be with his family to comfort his children, his grandchildren, um, and be particularly with Judy. I know that she has a lot of uh, health problems. Um, help her, Lord, in this time of, um, of grief. We ask this, that you would be a joy for your people that grieve as those who have no hope. We ask that you would still instruct us um, through this counseling session may be an encouragement to all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for coming. And uh, I appreciate uh, you coming in because, you know, we haven't talked much at church, but I know that Chad talked to my husband and said that we should get together, so I know it um, might be kind of hard, but we're glad you're here. Glad. So, um, do you want to explain to me some of what's been happening? Um, no. <laughs> I... I don't, I don't really feel like I need, I need to talk. Um, yeah, my husband thinks that I need to, but I'm fine. And this is probably a waste of your time and my time. And I really, I, there's nothing. I don't need to be here. Okay. Well, thanks for being honest. Yeah, I'm only coming because he, he told me that I needed to go. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm not happy to be here. Okay, well, you know that the reason I want to talk to you is because I really care for you. And uh, we are sisters in Christ. And I want to be there when you need somebody to talk to. And I know Chad really cares for you, too. That's why he called. So um, I know you've been at the church for a while. Um, have you been a Christian for a long time? 
Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I grew up in, in the church. Yeah, I know the Lord. And What do you know about Jesus, who he is? I know that he died for me and that I'm a sinner. Um, but, it, yeah. Well, we go through issues in life. Some things are pretty hard and some things are easy, but the hard times are the ones that God can use to bring us closer to himself. That's what a rich Christian life is full of people who are close to the Lord and want to honor him. Is that your desire, to honor him? It is, but I don't... I don't know how to do that at the moment. It doesn't feel very real. Yeah. Let's look at the Bible and see what motivations for our life should be. Did you bring your Bible? I have it on my phone. Okay. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, 9. Talks about purpose for life. Now, I know you're a mom. You have wonderful kids, and that is a major purpose in life to take care of your daughters, right? Yeah. But even above that, we have a higher purpose, and that is listed in Second Corinthians five nine. Just the first half of the verse it says, "What? Do you mind reading it?" So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Yeah. Talking about pleasing God. Whether we're home on earth or away in heaven, our goal is to please him. And there's another verse in Romans chapter 15. Verse 1, Romans 15, 1. Do you mind reading that? We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Yeah. So we're not living to please ourselves. We are also serving our neighbors. As it says in verse 2, each of us should please his neighbor for his good. But as we go through life, as I say, we have these down times. We have these hard times. So, you see verse 4? Yeah. Would you read verse 4 of Romans 15, please? For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Yeah. So I want to offer you the hope that comes through the scriptures that through endurance and encouragement from the scriptures we can have hope and I know uh, being the mother of a young child you have to have a lot of endurance (laughs) so uh, are you finding it hard to cope being a mom with young children it's the girls are fine it's just it's me I me. There's the the girls are easy. 
I think. And what do you do when things get hard? How do you handle that? I eat. Well, a lot of us eat for comfort when we feel bad. But you, uh, do you find yourself overeating? Yeah. So you eat a lot and then um, you're not gaining a lot of weight. So what's happening? I throw it up. Chad came home and there was throw up in the toilet. <laughs> but it's not a big deal. I I only did it once. Have you done it in the past? When, yeah, when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Are you also eating because you're sad? I don't know why I eat, I just eat. Mm. Okay. Well, Chad really cares about you. That's why he called. He... He should have... just left it alone. It was fine. It was only one time that he saw, he saw the throw up. And I won't do it again. I just won't do it again. Well, we can... I remember the verse that says, Be careful you stand lest you fall, because we are very weak. I wonder if um, you can read for me Hebrews chapter 4, about how Jesus fits into life. Our focus really as we're trying to be Christian is to think about what God thinks. That since God made you, Danielle, it's your body belongs to him. And we want to know how God views our life because we want to please him, right? Right. Okay, so we see in Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 14, who Jesus is. And what his nature is. So let's, could you read Hebrews 4, 14, please? Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Yeah. So your confession is that you believe Jesus is the Son of God, right? Right. And he is like a high priest. He's helping you before God. And he's already gone through life with us as a human, right? So he knows what it's like to feel sad. He doesn't know what it's like to be sad. He does have kindness and compassion as well, Danielle. Could you read verse 15? 
for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. It says very clearly that Jesus can sympathize with our weaknesses. So it's something that I know you've hidden from Chad, and you've hidden from me, because I never knew about your issue. (laughs) But it's not hidden from God. And Jesus sympathizes with your weakness in this area. He wants to help. It says that in verse 16. Could you read 16? Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So what does this verse say is the way we find grace and mercy? I don't know. I can stop at any time. I don't... I don't need counseling or anything for it. I fixed it before, and I can fix it again. I don't understand what the verse is mean. Well, it says we can approach the throne of grace. So if you think of God, he's on a throne, right? He's a throne of grace, though, not of judgment here for his children. And we can approach him and say... I actually do need help. In my heart of hearts, I realize that I need help. Well, he doesn't judge me, but everybody else does. You mean Chad does? Yeah. I can't. After having my third baby, I I can't. I'll never be small again. I'm always going to be big. And everybody else sees that. So I just... That's why I eat. Okay. You're um, speaking for everybody else. But in my case, that's not how I feel about you, my friend. I see the nature inside of you. The one that wants to love God. And wants to please Him. And you want to be well-liked, and you want to be loved by your sisters in Christ. I don't want to see them. If I'm big, though, I don't, I don't want to see them, or I don't want them to see me change and be big, because... Well, I just with the other two, I went back to the size that I was, kind of, and I'm not with this one. I'm just getting bigger and bigger. All right. That's an important issue. I'm glad you're being so honest. I appreciate that. I'd like to look at the Bible to see what the Bible says about our outer beauty. I don't understand the Bible. I don't, I don't get it. I read it and it doesn't make any sense. So I stopped reading it and I don't understand it. I read it and the doesn't make any sense. It doesn't apply to anything that I'm going through. God never struggled with his weight because he never had babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's, he sympathizes with our weakness. It says that in Hebrews. 
He understands because he made you. And Jesus died for you, Danielle. And he wants to lead you into abundant life. He wants you to have that abundant, free life. I think I understand why you're having some struggles. And maybe in your heart of hearts, you realize you are. Because you're comparing yourself outwardly to what others look like. Outwardly. This is just who I am. I thought it was over, but now it's back. And this is just going to be forever. Okay. Did you know the Bible says that once we are in Christ, we are new creatures? And we're no longer slaves to sin. This is something... It would be good to understand. So uh, it talks about it a lot in the book of Romans. Would you like to look at the book of Romans? And let's look at verse, chapter 6, verse 6. you want me to read it? Yes, please. And I'm going to draw a picture of it. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Yeah. So the old self is, here's Danielle, as a slave to sin. And she's pretty sad. Slave to sin. <laughs> and there are, there are sins um, that you commit, I'm sure, ways of not pleasing God. One of them would be hiding your true self and comparing yourself to others. To uh, Comparing to others. Hiding the truth. And it says our old self was crucified with him. So when Jesus died on the cross, he took this old self and it's been crucified with him. Your sin was crucified on the cross. And it says that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So you no longer have to act these ways because Jesus died for you. And could you read verse 7? Romans 6. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Yeah. So that's the new Danielle, if you truly believe. You are set free from sin. And happy. That's just going to go away. You have the power that comes, the resurrection power. The power which came when Jesus rose from the dead is available to us. That is what it says in verse 8. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives... He lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead 
to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. It's a way of thinking. You can say, I no longer have to live like this. I want to be true. I want to be real in front of my friends. I want to have real friends who love me for who I am and not for what I look like. Because I know who I am in Christ, which is what truly matters. No matter what everybody else thinks, who you are in Christ is key. But my husband... I'm not I'm not attractive unless I'm small the way that when he met me and that's everybody else who met me they know me as I'm small and they see me get big and I just become this big old lady it must have been hard to be pregnant and see yourself getting big or did you have a different attitude well it's different because then I knew that I was feeding someone else Mm -hmm. but now it's just me again Mm -hmm. and I can do whatever I want because it's just me they could I can feed them else something else and it's just me but it can be harmful to you also doesn't matter it matters because your body belongs to God Jesus paid a big sacrifice for you. He died to make you alive in Christ. Has Chad said anything about how he doesn't love you? You're big. No. But he he thinks it. I think it, so I know he thinks it. Mm, So you're again telling me what other people think. That's um, that's something which needs to be confessed, Danielle. Because we don't know what others are thinking. And actually, First Corinthians thirteen says, "Love hopes all things." That's what real love is. Chad married you for who you are inside, for your inner beauty. But maybe he didn't. I think you should talk to him about it. Are you willing to do that? No, it's embarrassing. I think he'd be glad to talk to you and tell you how he really feels about you. Because he married the girl that's inside you. I want to show you a passage in Proverbs. Are you, did you know Proverbs 31 is written to describe an ideal woman? Maybe you've heard a sermon on that. Not very... Uh, yeah, not me. Well, the ideal woman, you'd be interested to know probably. It doesn't tell us what she looks like. It's because it didn't matter back then. It doesn't matter to God now. Okay? It's Proverbs 31 and chapter chapter 31, verse 10. talks about a wife 
of noble character. But I'm, I'm not a good wife anyway, so that's all I had was just being small. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. Well, it's too hard. With God's help, you can do what it says here. And it talks about a lot of the ways she acts. does not talk about how she looks. But let's look at verse 30. Proverbs 31. Could you read that, please? Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So who is praised by God? Which kind of woman? Someone who fears the Lord. Yeah. Because everything else is going to go away. Do you see that in the first part of the verse? Yeah. All of it's going to go. So what you're doing, Danielle, is you're looking at yourself through man's eyes, but you need to move into looking at yourself through God's eyes. Because at the end of the day, when you stand before God, you are by yourself. You're alone. All those other people and whoever's been influencing you are not there. Chad's not there. You are alone before God. And he will look at you. And he will say, you are my daughter. Not because of what you look like, but why would he say you're his daughter? Because... I believe in him. Yes. And even when our weak, our belief is weak, it's because the son died for you. If you truly believe that he died for you, that's what God looks at when he looks at you. It's, just, it's not that easy. It's a way of thinking. But then maybe I don't know him because I don't. I can't change my thinking. This is how I've always thought. That's a very perceptive statement. I appreciate you being honest. But God can work. It should be the truth. He takes his children to himself. He loves us as we are. And we can come to him broken and weak. and he will love us. That's his promise. We're going to go back to Romans 6 because that's what it talks about. It says that we are under grace. We died. If we died with Christ in verse 8, then we believe we will also live with him. Death no longer has mastery over him, it says in verse 9. In the same way, in verse 11, we can count ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. It says that we can change our thinking right there and how we think of ourselves. And then look at verse 14. For sin shall not be your master. Because you are not under law, but under grace. That's a gift of God. 
verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the joy that comes from Christ. Is to know I struggle with sin, but when I do struggle, I have a Savior who died in my place. He is steady when we are weak. He is God who lived his life for you. I have a booklet I would like you to read in your free time. I know you're really busy. But it's called Help, I Want to Change. It shows a person with shackles (laughs) on their wrists. And it says how we can change and it's something that might clarify things for you. And you know, I'll pray for you as you read it. But before you go, I want to just give you some encouragement. And I want to ask you as well to, um, if you're willing to meet again, would you be willing to meet again? I guess so. (laughs) Okay. Well, I want to help you with this situation because I don't want you to live a life which is focused on outward things, but more on inner things. I'm happy to meet you again. But in the meantime, I'd like you to also um, have that conversation with Chad. <laughs> Find a place that you can go that's quiet, either at your house or go somewhere out, so that you could say, Chad, how do you, what do you think of me now as I am? Do you love me as I am? And listen to what he says. Because I, I think I know what he'll say. It could be your own misunderstanding what he's thinking because you're putting it through your own grid of your own sadness and frustration. Just like all the women in this church, you've been thinking that we're looking at your outward appearance. And I know how it is when we have a baby because people say, oh, you look great. You don't look like you even had a baby. And we think of that. That's on our mind. But we can take those Words and say, all right, I can remember though that what's really important to God is my inner self. And we can kind of block out the outer self. Okay? And God can give you the power to do it. It could be because you're critical of yourself, you think of everyone else as being critical. You see? That happens. But a spirit of love says, I think Chad really does have that kind of pure love that God talks about. And my sisters in Christ have that kind of love. They're not super critical of me. And that helps when we understand what people, that you're assuming people might be thinking one thing, but they're not truly. So a spirit of love can grow in you and a spirit of self-control. How do you know they're not thinking that? I think that. Everybody judges everybody else. Well, 
I've always enjoyed seeing you at church and seeing your smile and watching you sing. I'm thinking, there's a beautiful person. But I'm thinking of what your your uh, nature is, not what you look like. That's how I feel. Your nature, your beautiful nature comes out as you're worshiping God. And I really like it that it says that there's a spirit of self-discipline because I too struggle. I have lack of discipline in so many areas, but I realize that God has given me a spirit of self-discipline, which helps me out because then I know, all right, I can do this because God is going to be with me. I want to ask you to do something else. And I'll write it down on this paper so you can remember to talk to Chad. Pray for God's help. And could you get in the habit of praying before you eat? You probably pray at meals, is that right? It doesn't help, but I've tried that. Are you willing to try again? I guess it's not going to do anything, though. Pray before you eat. Because if you sit down to your meal and think, okay, this is my way of satisfying my self, all the hurt that's inside of me, I need to feel comfort, so I'm just going to eat a lot. I'm going to take a whole bag of cookies and eat a lot. Then you're not actually praying before you eat, are you, and thanking God for what he's given. Because we pray before we eat, we're stopping and thinking, Lord, you provided this for me. It's not to indulge myself. It's a gift of God to me. And that means before you eat anything, even the snacks that come in the middle of the afternoon when you're fatigued, to stop and pray instead of thinking of snacks as just indulgences. Okay? If you tell Chad about that, he'll probably help you. Because your husband's there to help. No, that would be good. I don't know um, what's in your house, but I want to know if you have a scales. No. You don't have a scale to weigh yourself? Mm. Okay, good. Do you have laxatives and diuretics and those things? No. Okay. Because those are going to be hindrances to you. And I'm going to ask also if you've, have you struggled in other areas that have lack of self-control? I know some women over-exercise. Do you find yourself exercising till you're exhausted? 
No, because I can just throw up everything that I eat. Okay. And some women, when they're really struggling hard with their self-image, sometimes it's affected by pornography on the Internet. Have you been involved in that? No. Okay. I just watch a lot of movies. That you stay home all day and all there is to do is watch movies and eat. Okay. Well, that's not the abundant life that Jesus promised, is it? No. No. Would you like help in changing those habits? Yeah. I really appreciate you being honest. Because that's not the abundant life that Christ promises, right? I guess not. And I know that when it's really hard and we are struggling, it helps to have someone that we can talk to. And Chad's job is pretty busy during the day, I know, but I'm available during the day if you would like to call. You have my number in the directory, right? Yeah. I won't, though. I mean, it's the same thing as praying. I've tried all this before. It doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I just, I know myself. I would like to call you. How's that? I'd like to call you, say, tomorrow, and just to see how you're doing. Would, you, would that be all right? Okay. Okay, and when I call you, um, I'll just let you know now that I'm going to ask you particularly how you're doing with this behavior. And if you would be honest, we can become really good friends. Because not being honest covers, it breaks trust. And so I'll ask you, and I appreciate you being straight up. And um, it's, it's a gift of God to have a friend to talk to. Because prayer, I know, it's, it's vague and sometimes we don't feel like God is there. But you can definitely talk to a person and say, I know you're there. And you also, I want you to realize that what we talk about will be kept private. Okay. I don't. I don't have any reason to talk to anybody else about it. It could be something that just you can tell me, okay? I wouldn't mention it to anyone. There's no need for me to. And if okay. you've, you've already been open with Chad, I mean, he knows some of what is happening. But that's the person we need to be most honest with is our husband. Because he loves you. And more than that, God loves you. He loves his children, even in our weakness. He knows our frame, it says in Psalm 103. He knows our frame. He knows how weak we are. And I'll just read you part of that passage, because our time is almost up. I know you need to go, but in Psalm 103... says, for he knows how we are formed, he remembers that we are dust. 
And that is in verse 14. But verse 13 says, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He has compassion. He's not a judgmental, angry God. Because it says in verse 11, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. A woman who fears the Lord will be praised. And so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That's infinite amount. And the transgressions even of um, uh, not believing his word and not communicating with him actually judging what other people are thinking those are transgressions he removes from us as far as the east is from the west because of what Jesus did in his perfect death on the cross I'd like to pray would you want to pray also Danielle? No Okay. you can I don't I'll pray for you Lord, I thank you so much that Danielle and I could have this time together today. And I do pray that you would work in her heart and help her understand how you see her and your love for her. And I pray also that as time goes on that she will see the actual attitude of her husband and her friends towards her. And that she would begin to see that she has a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. And so walk with her, Lord. And I do pray as we begin to talk regularly that we would have that friendship which can grow because it's based on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, what's seen is a really good example of what happens in counseling because we get resistance sometimes and people just not opening up or... Um, even angry that they're there. So uh, that's reality, and it makes me shift what I plan to do because I was planning to go right into some of the accountability and hoping she'd be open, but it didn't happen. So, And I also found out I needed to go straight into explanation of the gospel. I couldn't assume. And I assumed because this girl was in the church that she understood a lot, but not finding that true. And as I'm talking and having to shift gears, and I didn't really actually plan so much of what I was going to say in that direction. So, um, like, I could have gone into Romans 3, which talked about how we're justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus, and that God presented Jesus as a sacrifice of atonement. Romans 3, 23 and 24. Um, that could have happened, but, you know, when you're counseling, you're also trying to pull things in quickly and trying to find the verses. And it's just, we're so dependent on the Holy Spirit to help us out. And I'm dependent on the Holy Spirit to work in the future. In the future, I would really like to uh, establish a regular accountability and uh, give some more practical tips but again, also to stress how the gospel fits in with her thinking and over time, and it could be a slow process, but I'm sure God will work.
I'm really glad that we get a chance to address this issue because I think it's really important in the church. And it's, we see it so hidden. I mean, as we saw demonstrated just now, it's hidden from others. And yet there are women suffering with eating disorders of different kinds, and they could be restricting, like anorexia, or what we saw was bulimia. But I don't know if you noticed that I have did not label. I didn't say the term. Because I don't want these women to think that they are living under a disease and don't have that label. So we were talking more about self-control and body image and what we think others think of us. So those were three really big areas that I thought were covered by 2 Timothy 1.7 because the power and the love and self-control, because it was not loving the judgmental attitude she had towards women in the church and towards her husband and others. But it's something that we have a lot of compassion for because we tend to filter, like I said, through our own hurt, and we expect responses based on that. So um, I also wanted to make sure that this counselee was able to discern whether she was really out of control in other areas, like the overeating was one thing she mentioned, but then there's the over-exercising, which is common. The link to pornography is a way of dealing with stress. Other issues like this um, have to be addressed, and we had a hard time connecting at first because she had a lot of resistance even coming in, which is so common in counseling. And it's often very common with teenage girls who are told to come in by mom or dad. And so that's when we stop and we pray and say, Lord, just help us make a connection. Help us. Um, to, that's a God, gift of God to make that connection with these young people. And so um, that's just something we have to depend on the Lord for. But we're faithful to give the scripture. And it's so wonderful that the Bible talks about this issue, even though we think of it as modern. But the Bible does address the root sins behind it. And as we see that the view of the gospel, the view of what Jesus has done for us affects this issue. And so that's why we go strictly to that. And I did give her some behaviors for um, checking herself. And um, she said she only did it once. But with her husband calling, I think that means that there's something more significant than that. So she wasn't really straightforward about it. So she also didn't want accountability, but I'm going to make an effort and then we'll see what God does. And we'll pray the Lord works. It's um, also important, as I said, to look at eating as something as a gift from God and not separate it and say, this is my separate little private area that I can do whatever I want. But again, to acknowledge God's here. And if I'm going to eat a whole bag of cookies and I bring that before the Lord first, then that will change my attitude about whether I finish the entire bag. But it's something she's going to have to do on her own. And accountability will help, but we need to hope for honesty as well. And um, we'll ask God to work. All right. So you get a little taste of what it's like to, to be helping someone. Um, I really 
you know, I'm not going to spend much time commenting. I think she made good highlights there. As I said, normally don't do all of this at once, but really understanding if the person knows the gospel, if they're saved, because there'll be no change. It will just be, you're making a better Pharisee. That's what you're making. If you're trying to counsel someone that doesn't know the Lord, so that's why she keeps coming back there to the gospel. I appreciate that she, you know, kept asking. And then there's the other uh, point that people that are struggling with sin, naturally, they'll question their salvation. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It is a good thing. What we just read in 1 John, that our conscience condemns us, right? And so... That thought, it's revealing. It could be that she is a believer and she's just, you know, because she's so entrenched in the sin. And Hebrews 3 talks about the deceitfulness of sin that just makes us stupid and not even to understand God's word or to, um, to comprehend and to apply, to make the connections. It's the, well, even Ephesians, in our study in Ephesians is talking about that the callousness of one's conscience. The more you give in to sin, the more calloused one becomes. So th- these are good things to, to think about if you have any questions. So I, I haven't seen the other ones, but these are part of our uh, church library now. So if you want to watch the other sessions, there are three more, that, that sh- two more um, with her. Uh, you can check out the, the DVDs uh, from the library and be able to watch that, okay? So just as a heads up, next week, and I, I'm going to announce that later too, next week we're going to shift to a different topic. We're going to be talking about autism spectrum and um, later on ADHD. Uh, so it's very helpful. <laughs> I've spent a lot of time studying and, and reading and watching documentaries just to think biblically through this and how our church can love others um, better. All right, so let's pray and ask for the Lord's blessing. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, your graces um, in our lives. We're so undeserving of everything. Um, And we think about eating, Lord, uh, what a blessing it is that we get to enjoy flavors and and nutrition, Lord, but in in anything in life, um, if we don't do it for your glory, we can always be shifting on the restrictive side or on the self-indulgence um, side. I pray, Father, that you would even prepare our hearts now to, to receive your words that will be preached later. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.